My name is Matt Brown. Welcome to heaven, motherfuckers. And let's start the show. Okay, let's do it again from You're Not Hardcore. One, two, three. Well, you're not hardcore. Yes, 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 the world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And thank you all for joining us today and tuning in. The show is not possible without you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world. Lots to do, lots to talk about on this beautiful Monday, April 12th. 2021 day all this weekend what a great weekend we had everybody first the masters uh bryson dechampeau the guy who i picked to win it all though he did make it all the way to the end he uh didn't win it all you know with some bad putts and hitting it and hitting a lot of balls in the bunker not gonna win in augusta but Hey, he still made it to the end, and he made it to the final round of the day. Can't say that about uh, Dustin Johnson. Played pretty awful. Didn't even make the cut on Saturday. Rory McIlroy had a bad collapse. John Ram, glad he's able to celebrate his newborn because he did not do good as well in Augusta. But he did... But it, sorry, it was a great tournament down to the wire. And though we had players like Jordan Spieth make a run for it, uh, again, I'm going to mess this up, but Xander Sheffel? Xander Sheffel? I'm Mike Francesa on these pronunciations, but I believe that's how you pronounce it. And then another big push, thanks to Will Zalatoris, but, you know, when he had a really bad double bogey on 15, you thought, Hmm, who knows what can happen, but you know, Hideki Matsuzama is the one winning the gold jacket once and for all. Congratulations to him, the 29-year-old from Japan, who has played with the Prime Minister of Japan and Donald Trump once, former President of Donald Trump, and the man who was great career, always finishing. He had really good finishes in a lot of major tournaments. The closest up to this point was in the U.S. Open in 2017. He finished in second. But today, but it was his weekend. He won it for all. And congratulations again to Hideki Matsuzama. It was a great Masters weekend. And glad to see a brand new winner rock that golden jacket. Excited to see the future for that young guy. Other things over the weekend. I mean, we had some questionable Yankee games, but a thriller yesterday. Coming back against Tampa, winning it. Shouts to the new Yankee, Runet Ordor, getting a huge RBI RBI single, which was the go-ahead one to win it all, then followed by Gary driving in a run, and then Gio driving in a couple runs. Great final win for the Yankees, you know, avoiding the sweep, but wins a win, and we got lots to celebrate as they come back home. And then you had WrestleMania, which was pretty fun and thrilling to watch. So, and we will get into that on Thursday. And then, yeah, you know, I was uh, had a good weekend. Saw the buddies. Saw some buddies in Norwalk. And then we all kicked it and had a good time. Went to the Blind Rhino in Norwalk. Great beer choices. Not a fan of the boneless wings slash chicken tenders. Got to step up that game. 
I've had Tyson chicken tenders taste better than that. But, you know, appreciate the good vibes there. Watch the Knicks win a thriller against Memphis. And, yeah, good times with the blind rhino. And then Saturday, just again, chilling, watching WrestleMania. And then Sunday, went out to New York. I went to this cool place called the Uncommons. Hear this. It is in the West Village. It is a board game cafe. All board games. That would have what it was it was definitely a former office building or someone's old apartment but yeah it's off of thompson and third and man for 15 bucks i was able to play unlimited board games had an awesome time there a really awesome time and yeah it was it was just really great had a beer too i enjoyed i enjoyed the uh, company and i really enjoyed hanging out there It was a grand old time really great time then got back and you know did this recording and just feeling good but the big highlight over the weekend everybody next to my awesome day yesterday was the fact that i got my first dose of the covid19 vaccine big big day you know after i was applying for, as a story told many times interviewing a job interviewing for two big jobs amongst the pandemic then how to restart and everything led up to my first dose of the Moderna vaccine at Bridgeport, Connecticut. First of all, you, this is how it went down. 9 a.m. Saturday morning told me to be there. So got up, got up at 7, had a nice big breakfast, kept getting hydrated all day, drinking water all morning, had a great muffin from Stu Leonard's. It was okay, but, you know, I did get the muffin and uh, had some uh, banana right after that. So muffin and bananas, then hopped in the whip, put on Bob Odekirk and Howard Stern on. Amazing conversation there. And yeah, had a nice stroll up 95, then went to the University of Bridgeport uh, at the Wheeler COVID Vaccine Center at 9 a.m. Everything was so crisp, clear, well communicated, could not have had a better experience park my car at this beautiful campus everybody if you've never been to the university of bridgeport that is a nice campus you can see the water from right there hue a great great plains and pretty flowers really great campus i have to say that so there i go park the car go up have the mask ready again listening to howard stirred to get this monumental vaccine <laughs> for me and hopefully and you know Hopefully, and I could do my part to help end the, end the pandemic. I went in. I saw two two military officers out, and uh, they checked my temperature. Just told me to go in the rec center, the real rec center. And, uh, yeah, just signed in. Had a nice, lovely lady there. Then, yeah, it was time to get the shot once and for all. So, uh, got there. Had a very, very lovely lady who was very sweet who administered the vax. First, someone messed up my name. Whether it was when I called to register, my, I, you know, I'm Matthew Brown. You know, that's my legal name. And uh, for some reason, I told him Matthew, and they forgot that there's an H in Matthew. So Matt, Matthew, Matthew Brown. But, you know, they were able to fix the system right away. But when I heard that, I thought, man, am I going to be here all day so they could fix this? Nope. Got there in the station they registered me and everything and i sat down the nice young lady told me to relax my arm and then you know everything up to that moment <laughs> with the past 14 months all got that big shot once and for all 
And uh, yeah, I remember I closed my eyes, relaxed my arm, and I felt her push that pin in. And uh, yeah, felt pretty good after that. They asked me to sit for 15 minutes to make sure that I have no immediate side effects and got my infamous COVID vaccine card. No, I didn't post it on Instagram like a lot of my peers. I'm just very happy to get the vaccine. Now, I did post the sticker, and I put it on my wall in my studio, that very famous sticker that says I beat COVID. And, yeah, could not have had a better experience at Bridgeport. Everything was run smooth, not chaotic. From the time I parked my car got in the rec center, fixed my registration because they spelled my name wrong, sat down for 15 minutes and back. I was in and out in 30 minutes. By the time I actually walked in the door, I got the vaccine in 10. They just had to check up on me and, you know, drink some water, and uh, I was on my way. Listen to Howard and Bob Odenkirk once again, drove home, and, yeah, watched a lot of movies on Saturday after that, but awesome i get my awesome awesome experience shouts again to our amazing healthcare workers shouts to our people in the science world thank you to all the great people in bridgeport the wheeler rec center you all deserve great things to you and for all the people whether in this state of connecticut or throughout this country and i know i've complained about my frustrations trying to get that vaccine scheduled but push again if you need help let someone know heck i'll help you if you need help but we were there we were i was there safe and uh let's keep pushing these vaccines the night uh, there was a uh, nice comforting people walking around make sure we were good and she told me that there were 1500 vaccines administered in bridgeport real rec center on saturday alone let's keep getting vax let's keep doing the right thing let's let's do our part and end this pandemic once and for all we're not out of the woods yet but we're getting there we're close we're closer than ever before and there are good times ahead and we got to live it up we really really got to live it up and just follow the rules and and get that vaccine because we know the worst case scenarios we don't want that for any of our friends and family so make sure you get that vax i got my second dose on may 8th which will have me fully vaccinated by memorial day weekend and i appreciate the blessings thank you god and thank you everyone who got me to this point and uh let's start the next chapter after that so Thank you again, the great people at the Wheeler Rec Center, COVID Vaccination Center. You all are doing an amazing thing for us to help make our lives better. So yeah, good times, good times. So let's get to it now. Today on the Productive Conversations podcast is a bright young man in the world of podcasting himself. His name is Mike Gumond. And he is the host of the Amazing Marvel podcast, which is on all podcasting platforms. This guy talks talks and knows everything about comic book, comic book culture, comic book movies, and pop culture in general. He is great. We went to the University of Hartford together. We were in the film program. And we kept in touch. And I just asked, hey, why don't you come on? And uh, also wanted to see if you wanted to promote his show, which is definitely worth the listen. And it was such a pleasure to have him on. Just talking about movies, we talked about Mar- we we talked everything about uh, comic book movie culture, the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, the DC Extended Universe for all DC films. We talked about our favorite movies in general. We talked about Oscar picks. We talked about how he became how, uh, on what he aspires to be in the film industry and we talked about his goals and aspirations there and he's going to be moving to los angeles short in a few months so i asked him what he 
aspires to do there and what he expects and he has some great answers and then we just talked all things movies pop culture and you know that's always a great time in my book so let's get to it right now mike guman it is your turn let's get to it i love great opportunities and a great opportunity such as this one is to get to know the great mike guman as he is the host of the Amazing Marvel Podcast. You can find it on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. He is a future star in this great industry known as the film and TV industry. He is a bright young man. And I was very fortunate that we ran into each other, University of Hartford. Still came, stayed in touch talking about the crazy industry. And now that we're both podcasters, it's great to collaborate together. But without further ado, the host of the Amazing Marvel Podcast, Mike Guman. Welcome, my friend. How is everything? Good. Pretty good. Just been trucking along lately. Uh, I've been recording episodes of my podcast every now and again. Try to do it every week or so with all the new content coming out with uh, Marvel. Um, I even plan at some point in the future to kind of do some bonus episodes for other content like DC. Just recently, Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League came out. So I'm looking forward to recording an episode on that. (laughs) I definitely want to get into this, your content, and especially geek out on the great in this rise. And we can reflect on where comic book movies have gone. But my first question for you to start and for my audience to get to know you a little more, Mike, just tell us more about who you are. You could tell you could talk about how we met at U-Heart and where you aspire to be and what you aspire to be on top of your fantastic podcasting skills. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I remember um, back at UHart. I believe were were we in STN together at one point? I think we were. Or so the way it worked for me, I met as at STN my fresh full freshman year, then the beginning mm-hmm. of the sophomore year. Then I went to try some other things. So uh, cool. we may or may not have, but uh, nothing but a lot of love with people over there, like Alex Young and Emily Lacursi and and Scott Roberts and all those great men and women out there. So I think we, I might have missed you. And I apologize for not making the opportunity to grow our relationship more, but um, I okay. don't think, but we were in some classes like, so cinema, I believe we were in cinematography with yes. Pedro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of the film analysis classes with the great Robert Lang. Michael <laughs> yeah. Walsh, that guy. If yeah. That's a dream podcast, yes. What a fascinating person. And um, Oh, man. <laughs> but yes. But yeah, tell me more about how you got into U-Heart and what um, was your purpose there? Obviously, besides STN, uh, what do you aspire to be really within this great entertainment industry? Yeah, so I um, I very young age, like grade school, I started writing stories. I went on this field trip to like uh, Maple Farm or whatever, and it was it was a lot of fun. And I wrote a like a little short story on it. And like, I guess I got some sort of like recognition for that. And ever since then, mm-hmm. I've been like very interested in storytelling. And that kind of culminated to middle school, middle school, like in eighth grade, they offered a class on uh, like a virtual high school. Uh, it was like an online course and it was in screenwriting. And I was very interested in that. I thought it was really cool. Um, and then from then on, I kind of wanted to pursue, um, 
a career in, in filmmaking and in screenwriting. I mean, I haven't, I myself have not had a whole lot of projects. I have a lot of ideas, but I need to kind of discipline myself to get them kind of streamlined and like kind of finish one thing. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I've just been like trucking along, like rambling with a bunch of different things and I have a lot of things kicking around up here, but, um, I try to pace myself, try to, you know, put out as much as I can in terms of, you know, at least the stuff that I can see and watch and kind of study. Like for example, Marvel, yeah, um, superhero movies are some of my favorite movies and my favorite subgenre, whether you're, it's a subgenre of science fiction, fantasy, mm-hmm. I'm very much invested in, in those stories and just science fiction and fantasy in general. So Oh yes, people definitely geek out and have some fun with some, some talking about some genre films. So with yeah. that, you obviously, I think it's great keep it up with your ideas and stay in focus as long as you're being productive in that and always writing ideas, achievements, and stuff. I'm sure, it will exactly. all come together. It, does your ultimate aspiration? Do you want to be a writer director? That's the sense um, I get in here. Right. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I think the the writing aspect is definitely the first thing I want to tackle uh, out of out of the two. Um, directorially, I feel like I need to kind of uh, get a like, kind of get a better eye in terms of that mm-hmm. and at least like flesh out a screenplay before I kind of jump into the actual filmmaking aspect. I feel yeah. like I do. Um, me personally, I feel like I do have the potential to be like a a pretty good director as well. Cause I do have a vision of how things play out in my head at least. And, um, I think, you know, once a screenplay is finished, then, you know, we can move on to, to directorial, um, duties and try to wrap my brain around that. So. Of course. And we've seen yeah. plenty of examples of great people who just started out as writers, whether you're a Tar- Quentin Tarantino or you're a Robert town wrote Chinatown or you're, you know, you're someone like a uh, Aaron Sorkin as well, who we've known obviously on the impact he has as a screenwriter and what now do a great, uh, should say, I should say a really good Molly's Game adapted than a great, um, um, wow, trial, trial to Chicago 7. So as long as, I mean, I know you trust your plan. You know, you trust your plan. And uh, one thing I think, Filmmakers and content creators should understand that there's no really time game to it. It's just once you're ready to pursue and show that and bring it out to the world, whether you're writing a spec script and uh, just shooting short films and putting in the film fest circuit, I'm sure you could uh, also tack on like the patience when it comes to being a great filmmaker, you know? Right. Exactly. I mean, I mean, you're cycling through a lot of different ideas and I feel like, you know, uh, until something really like hits you and then you can really flesh that out. I mean, that happens over time. You're watching, you're watching different films and that it all starts with, with watching movies and reading yeah. screenplays. Like you get the best inspiration from the things that you can pull from what already is out there. So it's, it's, and it's really cool to kind of like, you see directors do it all the time. You see writers and directors do it all the time. Just put like little kind of, whether they're visual or, you know, story-based Easter eggs from some of their favorite filmmakers. So definitely that's like the best place to start. Yes. At the end of the day, if we really look back, filmmakers have borrowed from one another 
since the dawn of time and yeah. uh or i should say the dawn of filmmaking uh and, right. um yeah i think that's just what's what's great and we at the end of the day we want to as filmmakers no matter man woman person is the fact that they are doing their own brand to it. And we've seen how important brand growth has been over the last decade. I'm sure. And this is your way creating your brand. And we are still Mm -hmm. extremely young. And I'm just really excited to see what you pull off, Mike. I genuinely am. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And just wondering, do you have a preference, whether it's just to go to features or do you want to folk? Obviously we see it arrives with streaming services. Now, miniseries have been a, staple and obviously tv series we're living in a golden age do you have a preference where you want to roll or we've clearly seen many people who've done all of them whether you're a david fincher or from who goes from all the great movies he created then house of cards and then uh back to making mank or you know aaron sorkin from the same again west wing to writing oscar-winning screenplays for social network moneyball and stuff like that, or at least nominate for money. But I know he definitely won for sh- for social network. But like you yeah. said, opposites are endless. Is there any preference you want to go? You see yourself? I mean, personally, um, I've I've kind of like went back and forth over the years of what I I really like enjoy. I mean, features is definitely the the route that I I like to eventually um, pursue. Uh, feature films. I mean whether they're like 90 minutes, 120 minutes. Like I, I like the whole like succinct story TV series. When it comes to like TV shows, I've, I've thought about it. And it's just like one of those things where TV shows, you know, it's, it's, it's serial storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time you think about it, it's like you've seen TV shows. Like it seems like sometimes they can go on for a very, very, very long time. Um, not to say that's a bad thing, but um, at least with features, I just have that preference because the stories are succinct um, mm-hmm. and it's just a one shot thing, in my opinion, anyway. And even a, a season of a TV show works the same way, even if it's like a limited series. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm, movies are, are a simple way to start, especially because like when you think about a season of a show that could go up to hours on end, whereas like you're trying to fit with a feature, you're, you're, you know, it's a real challenge to put a story into that time frame. So I feel like and both, you know, story wise, visually. Uh, um, yeah. So I feel like features is kind of the, the direction I want to go and at least primarily yeah, and of course, Eddie, you know, once you just keep practicing to grow yourself as a filmmaker, it's very rare when you're a Tarantino right off the bat, you make a, a, a classic Reservoir Dogs. You could just yeah. point out to like, uh, whether it's Spielberg starting out with, um, oh, the top of my head, the Spielberg's first before Jaws, if you don't mm-hmm. mind me looking it up because I do not want to miss that up and started the new Hollywood rave. So when he start, he starts out before he makes Jaws at 75, the man starts out with, um, with movies like the Sugarland Express or the film Duel and stuff like that. And then obviously he makes a classic. We all know his Jaws. So it's all right. a beautiful crescendo to help make it better. Exactly. So, so I love it, man. And we can't wait 
and we're all going to be big fans of the Mike Dumas brand and movie. So <laughs> that's awesome to hear. So while we switch some gears a little bit, let's yeah. focus on your podcast, the amazing Marvel podcast available on all podcasted platforms. So talk to me and tell me my, tell my audience, what is it? We know where we can find it, but what is the amazing Marvel podcast? Why did you create it? And where would you like to see it go? So um, the Amazing Marvel podcast, basically, um, after having like a year of like a hiatus with Marvel content, I mean, I mean we, I'm sure the comics still came out. I'm not a huge comic reader myself, but I'm thinking like in terms of the medium that I prefer, the films mm-hmm. and the TV shows. Um I mean, this year and the years ahead are like loaded with content. And and I'm very excited to see, you know, where those stories go, because we have these characters left after a big event. Um, A lot of characters survived. A lot of characters didn't. Um, And so we get to see the fallout of that big, you know, universe wide event. And, you know, it's almost like very similar, like, you know, us coming back to shows like WandaVision, um, it's like, you know, the Avengers have been on a hiatus, but so is the our like real world just because of, you know, everything that's going on right now with, you know, with the pandemic and such. So, but now we're back. And, and the thing is, it's kind of good. It was good for me because I was excited and in anticipation for it. I started reading, actually reading some comics that the, um, that the show, like, like, for example, WandaVision was based Mm -hmm. on. And I was able, you know, my first episode of the podcast, I definitely went through a lot of those comics and, you know, combed through those and really got down to, you know, what I thought could happen given, you know, because this is an adaptation, adaptations are, you know, can range from very strict to very loose. And, you know, I know that a handful of things from the comics, yeah, they probably won't play out in the movies because those things haven't been touched or they're not relevant. Um, So that's what I did for the first episode. Then they put out a couple episodes of Marvel Studios Legends, which kind of recaps the characters that the, that the show is about. And so I looked at those and then I kind of pulled from that what I could in regards to how they edited those episodes. They're mm-hmm. like several minutes long, um, but, you know, everything's important. The, the dialogue they include, the clips they include and, you know, how they match up. So I definitely took the first two episodes of my podcast to really delve into those things. Um, I got really theory crazy. And yeah, even even it. throughout, as we're watching, as we're watching the episodes, it's it's you have i mean it was a very very slow pace and and not to mention because it shows that's how shows work you know and that's i feel like that was something very different for a lot of the fans but also um different in like ways that they might not you know be totally comfortable with but at the same time it's like hey this is week to week we get to come up with a bunch of theories and that's the fun of it um but also i mean like a lot of people probably set their expectations too high just because Marvel is such a, like a big, you know, it's, it's become so expansive over the last decade. And now people have like, people are like encountering this new whole realm when it comes to shows and such. So, but yeah, the, the, you know, the weekly reviews, the weekly, um, whether the re- their reactions or reviews, it was, it was a lot of fun to do. And I'm glad to be doing it for Falcon, the winter soldier and all the shows to come. Um, I guess where I'd like to see this podcast go is definitely try to be different than, you know, 
a lot of the different podcasts out there and a lot of the different reviewers out there to try to like pull, you know, reasonable theories and, and try to make, you know, pretty cool predictions, but at the same time, um, you know, give a creative touch to like where, you know, where me or anybody who I have on, you know, thinks that the MCU could, the direction it could go in. So I want to try to like give a lot of people an opportunity, not just myself, but other people that I have on um, an opportunity to kind of speak what they think could happen and, and how they would tell a story almost. You know, one so. of the things you really hit on it and one of the th- great themes is breaking down all aspects, especially in WandaVision as WandaVision is just a gr- show, a great, homage to TV in the history of TV while enhancing a great mystery that everybody can enjoy. And then, you know, we twist it into this fantastic mini series. And one of the things breaking that down, we have an audience willing to have the patience to check that stuff out. It's like everybody's in film school in our film analysis class. It is cool to be a film geek right now. Yeah, exactly. It genuinely is. When the yeah. day has come where we have seen Instagram models not only showing off their big booties, but they're showing off their big aspirations and show. And I've right. seen people like of all aspects, people you didn't expect to be breaking down the first episode's 50, the 50s homage. But mm-hmm. everybody loves film analysis now, thanks to the rise in content creation. I think that's what's great about the TikTok generation is seeing how different camera angles work to create a certain emotion. Why dialogue is more than just speaking. It's more about just actually leading you on to direction and understanding what makes a good movie or show and not. And I think that's what's really intriguing about your podcast as well, is the fact that you make it so simplistic, but so much fun and your very charismatic voice in there makes it a great listen. And that's why you guys have to check it out. The Maze of Marvel podcast on all podcasts and platforms. And, you know, other things, I really like the bridge you're going creating as well in that and as we mentioned with the rise of more interest of film analysis and especially analyzing comic book movies for more than what they are why do you think audiences really have gone attuned to be you know huge comic book movie fans and why we're so interested in seeing them broken down so well now and they're actually good movies that's that's the big thing they're actually well-made movies yeah i mean i personally to me i think that the biggest honestly the biggest like appeal is that they're superheroes i mean Mm -hmm. you think about i mean not all comic book movies are are superhero based but it's kind of it's it's definitely like escape at escapism like at its highest because it's like you know we don't yeah. have those abilities but it's amazing to watch those people that do and to see them not just be you know characters on a page and like you know doing heroic you know, doing like these amazing feats but like giving them like 
like their own personal lives, their own like struggles. I mean, it's, I mean, it's taken shape in comics over the years too, but not everybody reads comics anymore. Not, I mean, I'm sure most people do, but there's a lot of people, general audiences who aren't going to, you know, flip through a comic book. They're going to go to the movies and sit in the movie theater and watch it. And, and, and honestly, that translation is probably the biggest thing that Marvel's got going for it right now, because, because that translation is what is bringing more than just, you know, the comic book fans in. Granted, not all comic book fans. I mean, it's very diverse in, in that realm because of the appeal to general audiences. But Marvel has struck a pretty good balance when it comes to the comic book fans and the general audiences themselves, because now it's almost like, you know, how, you know, everything's evolving on social media and onto like YouTube and Instagram. It's like the same thing goes for comic books in the movies. It's, it's, it's working the same way. And it's, it's nice that that's getting that reach. And then for example, for people like me, like I told you, the first episode of my podcast was me looking back at comics. I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't that, you know, appealed by the films and where the films are going and the trajectory of these characters. Yes. And that's the most important aspect why we watch movies, because you want to see people who are just like us, the same emotions, the same struggles. And even in very big genre based movies, whether you're fantasy of uh, we'll go with like Lord of the Rings, uh, whether you're Frodo and you're just trying to fulfill a fantasy you thought was impossible, whether you're Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, you're trying to follow in your father's footsteps and, you know, right is wrongs or whether you're the Matrix and you're Neo and you have to pick between the red and blue pill. And the, it's just a, how much of the, how important decision making is. That's what's great about these movies, because at the end of the day, once we connect to them, and we don't make it campy like we are aware of how bad the original Captain America movie is from 1990. Or if you want to yeah. go the Fantastic Four that even get released. Have you ever seen some of those embarrassing yeah. clips or Howard the Duck, which I guess counts as the first Marvel movie the from. Yeah. Um, uh, who, who, wait, who directed that was a. Uh, that was Leah Thompson, Tim Robbins, even though they somehow started in that. But yeah. Um, but you know, once we saw things changing, like Blade being taken seriously, we seen X first X-Men with the very original X-Men. Uh with you know, this was uh with like Halle Berry and uh um Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Then when we saw Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, that was the game changer. Like, okay, this is actually like, this could, if Spider-Man was real, this is what would happen to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And I personally think, even though it's not a Marvel movie, it was the Chris Nolan Batman series of Batman Begins the Dark Knight that showed that comic book movies are legit. And obviously we know, and and again, they're just, beyond the incredible special effects and we know Nolan's natural special effects. I mean, with very low use of CGI and more miniatures and actual, you know, sets we have um, like the dark Knight is so connected is such a relatable movie because it's just a movie about morals at the end of the day between Batman's morals, Joker's morals and commission and two face, which is, you know, obviously the homage there. You clearly have one bad guy, one good guy, and then the person in the middle, two face. 
as the literal exactly thing. And now once audience get that, and then you have that aha oh movement. Now we have this cool industry, and it's really booming after Disney purchasing Marvel, saving us from Sony and um, except for X Men, and uh, <laughs> and luckily they're teaming up with Spider Man. But it's just been such a great time with with seeing the rise of the comic book movie being as important as important as other ones. And once we see now as Black Panther getting nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, this is just, it's just here to say, and you can do this forever. Now that they have transitioned well into TV and streaming, it's just going to be so cool to uh, see where they go. Do you have anything else to add on for that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also to me, it's, it's really good that, you know, a bunch of other filmmakers get to show off their style. I mean, Nolan definitely, like you look at and no one's like those are two very like different takes on a character like you know Raimi was campy I have to you know I mean it wasn't completely but you know you could tell there was definitely a lot of comic booky feel to like the dialogue and the action and um and also I mean with Nolan's Batman it's definitely a, a lot more darker and um and like real take on what Batman would be like. I mean, mm-hmm. we're gonna compare the two. I mean, Keaton and you know, yeah. and um, Christian Bale's Batman's like that. That's probably a more sensible comparison. But like, even now, like with with the Snyder cut, I mean, it was nice that a lot of people, you know, this whole concept. And, and I'm gonna get into this a little bit real quick. Is that the concept of the multiverse is becoming like a big thing especially with these movies i mean the whole idea that there's a whole nother universe that can exist within these films can kind of like bridge the gap between all the movies that came before and all the movies that are now and all the movies that are to come in the future mm-hmm. um i think that's important because then it allows a lot more you know creative input from a lot of different people um not to say that we can you know any can i mean of course anybody could make a movie on um these characters but you get to see many people's different takes on the character if you um if studios were to especially especially in the superhero genre embrace the concept of a multiverse and allow different incarnations of the character to become canon so to speak Mm-hmm. I, I just think that that's a that's a good uh, frontier to be on, and I'm hoping that that kind of I mean I'm not sure if it's already being planned or if it's a concept that people want to you know continue to pursue. But I do think for you know people like between between Matt Reeves who's doing the Batman now and Zack oh, Snyder so who you know had yeah the batman's gonna be sick i'm i mean i i still me personally there's a lot of movies i still that are on my watch list that i still need to watch a lot of matt reeves's films especially the planet of the apes movies i definitely need to especially like the, i think the last two that came out i definitely mm-hmm. need to watch those um a lot of matt reeves's films i definitely want to check out because the batman looks sick i'm very excited oh, for that man. film but yeah <laughs> Robert Pattinson is my absolute favorite actor. I have a spot here on my big yeah. wall right here. And uh, I mean, it's just his, nice. his evolving from more than just a pretty boy heartthrob to this legitimate j- chameleon, multifaceted, multidimensional actor. I mean, this is a yeah. British man. If we've seen 
when he went to the indie scene, whether you've seen Good Time for the Safety Brothers, best New York accent I ever heard. <laughs> I'm a British person, uh, devil all the time. I understand there were some problems with the screenplay, but him as the crazy preacher, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Obviously we have water for elephants, which is it so bad that he goes well in that. And then going back into the mainstream with tenant was awesome supporting character. And now Definitely. he's, he's going to be a great Bruce Wayne. I think from his genuine mysterious, um, mysterious qualities plus we're so suave and just yeah. being a badass so that's that's going to be awesome i think they just wrapped a couple months ago so right yeah i could nerd out with that so um yeah me too yeah <laughs> but yeah as you said and i we can also i think thank the how advanced technology has been for filmmaking as well and it's even obviously cgi has its ups and downs and its complaints, but it also has its praises with what people have been able to do. And I understand some of the criticisms. Oh, yeah, they're just beyond, are they're just acting in front of a blue screen? But there are some genuine emotions in these characters. Obviously, spoiler Endgame yeah. with, um, you know, with Tony Stark's snap, which will now be one of the most iconic scenes in film history. I really believe that. It's just. Yeah the ultimate closing of the door and seeing what else is next out there. So, you know, obviously that was in front of filmed in front of a big ass uh, blue screen, but at the end of the day, you remember that moment. So thanks to right. film technology yeah. for making that work, you know, is there anything else you want to add with that? Nah, I mean, with, with, when it comes to, with, when it comes to end game and the effects and everything, I mean, I believe that even WandaVision had its ending scene had a lot more effects than end game from what I understand. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and that's the thing too, is I, I do, I do think that the practical effects, I mean, when you can feasibly do them, it's definitely a lot better than CGI. Cause I feel like movies lately have gotten pretty CGI heavy. And when you have these, like, you know, for example, like, like tenant, it's, it's, it's something as simple as editing and reversing, you know, the, the, you know, and, and, and filming in reverse, like yeah. you have to like learn how to do that. Like that, is is revolutionary it, it's amazing and, and i feel like chris nolan out of out of most directors you know he he ups the echelon like almost every time and i'm looking forward to seeing what he does next with with practical effects but it's right. good to strike a good balance between cg and and practical for sure it all comes with ideas too because those those ideas kind of you know when, when it comes to tenant i mean tenant is a very clear-cut kind of pretty simple concept of time travel. Um, and then you have, you know, more grandiose type movies with that require more effects, but again, it all depends on the, the ideas and then the execution of those effects, I guess. Right. And that's at the end of the day, you're just bringing the audience into the world as the ultimate distraction to have you enjoy your show. And I think, right the part that comic books really adhere to the most is they just put on a show. They have shown what the world is like if superheroes were real. And even though there's some people we know who think they're superheroes, but we just know that this is a, uh, it's just so cool how much of a rise that the comic book movie has made and it's gaining its interest. And just the last thing to be fair, one of the, 
criticisms though with the comic book industry is that especially with theaters we knew this coming into the pandemic especially a lot of people complain oh all the things you could see in the movie theater now are big budgeted superhero movies now they might have the most mainstream exposure but that literally isn't true i mean we all know the award seasons between october and and december mostly those movies are more you know, mid to low budget drama movies. And they're not the stereotype of all comic book movies. But what would you have to say to people who say that we, despite its impact of the comic book movie, but how people who are saying that's all we see for the theaters and stuff? I mean, I'd definitely be inclined to, to, you know, I think that there's definitely a lot more to when it comes to like movies. I feel like another good like genre to to this in theaters is is like for example horror like i mean it's it's definitely got your you know close enclosed space it's definitely um you know very very striking when it comes to sound when it comes to like things popping up on the screen um i also think like you know dramas like, you know, you were just talking about dramas. I feel like dramas definitely have, especially when it comes to like conflict between characters, um, emotional moments, like those things, when you hear the orchestra swell up in the, in the, you know, in the studio or the studio, the theater speakers, you, you witness like clear as day, like these things happening on screen, like you can, it, the, between the quality and, you know, the sound of the visuals and the sound. I, I mean, I feel like any movie that has enough like appeal, whether it be, you know, spectacle on one end, but on the other end, like a meaning in heart. Um, I feel like any movie that has that, you know, ability to bring you in is, is an amazing movie to witness in, on the big screen for sure. Yeah, and that's that's the point of it. Obviously, some drop, though I think it doesn't matter as long as a good movie is a good movie. Every and the, I right. do believe the best way to watch a movie is in a theater. And obviously, more movies uh, have more of an advantage being in the theater, as you mentioned, the horror movie, the sci-fi, any action adventure movie. But comedy is also fun to watch in theater as well. But and the th- and the thriller, but. At the end of the day, it just shows as long as it's entertaining, informative, and inspiring, exactly. anyone can enjoy a good movie. And um, I think it's just a popular phase right now, as how as we've seen throughout Hollywood's history. Do you remember, like a decade ago, it was all about the 3D movie when Avatar came out, and you had Jurassic oh, Park 3D. God. Like, yeah. That I think it's just another way of people complaining. That's just an example. That was a phase. We're not seeing 3D movies anytime soon. Obviously, I, westerns I, were big. Exactly. Back, westerns were big back in the 50s and 60s. I'm sure people said, oh, we have too many westerns, John Wayne's and stuff. But I think that's just a, fa- a fad. People could say that about the teenage movie in like the late 90s, early 2000s. It's, it's just how Hollywood is throughout its history, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So one of the things to switch up regarding the specific hitting on the comics again, I wanted to know, Mike, who we're going to hit a couple of uh, Mount Rushmore's. My first round Mount Rushmore for you is, could you tell me your Mount Rushmore of superheroes 
whether they are the franchise, the hero themselves, who is your top four um, in terms of heroes? I'll go first if you need to think that. So Batman and Spider-Man, one and two for me. I was the biggest, the, I didn't really read a lot of comics itself, but the comics I did read were only Spider-Man and Batman. And I know at one point, I know every little detail about those two characters in particular. But if I also had to add the other two, I would have to add Superman as his diverse, obviously the American icon and, um, the very first legitimate superhero movie, the great Christopher Reeves, RIP. Then for my fourth, I will have to go with the Crimson Chin. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> my fourth would probably be Wolverine. And that's mainly because of the just evolution Hugh Jackman made with that character. When I would watch the X-Men comic book series, I thought he was a badass. But you talk about being originally from a campy, you know, let's be real. I mean, the first X-Men's okay, but what it evolved to, and when you get to Logan, it's just an amazing story. So that would be my four. What would you say? Nice. Um, well, I have to definitely put, for me, always Spider-Man's got to be on on it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a staple. Like, I can't, I can't, that, that I cannot change. In my, yeah. But, um, um, he was definitely the superhero that got me into superheroes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be as involved with um, any, I mean, you know, I, I, he's just, I mean, granted, I'm sure if I had gotten introduced to, you know, Batman or Superman, like first, I definitely would have delved deeper into comics no matter what, but I feel like Spider-Man is, is very unique in his own way. And it's a lot of heart to him. Um, I have to say that if I'm, I'm going to, I'm picking one for Marvel. I definitely have to pick one for DC. There's one character that I really didn't know too much about. Cause I've never been a huge DC guy. Um, but it wasn't until like my freshman year of college, like right after my freshman year of college, when the show came out, mm-hmm. um, that I really got into it. Uh, the flash, the flash yeah. has to be basically the DC equivalent of like, like I, I like Spider-Man a lot, but my favorite DC superhero has got to be the flash. I'm a big runner myself. Uh, so I also like find it really cool that they inject sci-fi and um, the superpowers into um, the concept of running. And uh, also uh, they even, you know, Flash is a big time traveler too. So like travel is without a doubt. I mean, it's definitely a, a murky, you know, plot for uh, like a form of plot, but. I really think that it's kind of cool that a superpower, a, su- a superhero has the ability to time travel, but with him too comes a lot of heart. And that's what I noticed throughout the show. There's a lot of like concepts of family and, um, while dealing with the crazy supernatural stuff that's happening to them. And I mean, you know, supernatural, like metahuman superpower stuff that's happening around the, the family that, is come you know between Barry Allen, Iris West. Yep. Um, so that that was de- that's definitely one of the big. Those are two of the big ones for me. Um, man, it's 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 really hard for me to pick another two. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I feel like if I'm going to pick another two, I 
I have, I do have a soft spot for, you know, a lot of the, like I said, my immersion in superheroes has been mainly in the films. Um, But, you know, watching Man of Steel and watching Zack Snyder's take on Superman was very realistic. Um, And then furthermore, seeing, you know, in the following film, the follow up, um, more particularly the three hour cut of the movie, uh, Batman versus Superman, you see Batman at his lowest. Um, and yeah. I think they, the two of them, like really to me anyway, I think they, um, really embody, you know, hope and then the, you know, surviving through, you know, the very human aspects of, you know, grief and Mm-hmm. who you know they almost like complement each other in a way and i think in in that sense because they stand for such broad ideas they are kind of i mean superman a lot of the dc heroes have been coined as like more of like the godlike characters yeah so like flash is like hermes and like i think superman's like atlas kind of mm-hmm. or I, i'm trying almost to give like some right Zeus, words to Zeus use. vibes right yeah so if anything, I'd say that Superman and Batman are definitely pretty big staples to comics as a whole. Right. So, yeah, if anything, my my four is definitely going to be Spider-Man, Flash, uh, Superman and Batman. For cool. sure. And that's a solid list. And, yeah. you know, what the Batman and Superman, you have obviously a superhero, the ultimate superhero with powers, the ultimate superhero without powers. And I have to say one thing exactly. we forgot to mention or I forgot to mention, and it, I really I was aware of who he was, but obviously when I saw the two movies, I just became a huge fan. But I I should look more to the characters as Deadpool, obviously. I mean, that was the in a time where you don't see as many comedy movies out. That is a solid comedy movie on top of the superhero genre and twisted around. One of the funniest movies, especially the first one, one of the funniest movies ever seen is Deadpool. Yeah, I totally agree. I I mean, I feel like plus two, we hadn't gotten like like really like a, I mean, I I know Logan definitely was, that was a hardcore, like rated R kind of conclusion to to Wolverine's story. Very great. But I think exactly. I do think though, like Deadpool definitely, you know, is the character that a lot of people who read the comics, especially have been waiting for. And I feel like it's a lot of character. It's a character that, you know, general audiences didn't know too much about, but they quickly found out who he was by (laughs) watching the movie. And it's, it's definitely, like you said, it's like probably one of the best in terms of both superhero and comedy. It like hits the bar super high. Oh yeah. And I think that, that definitely the character has a lot of potential to continue. I, I know that he's supposed to be coming to the MCU, but I'm hoping that they, <laughs> and apparently they're keeping the R rating. Um, but definitely Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool the mo- definitely needs to like, what was you going to say? Sorry. <laughs> I was just saying that Ryan Reynolds, that's the role he literally was born to play. Exactly. To me, it's like almost like Tony Stark, you know, to Iron Man, Ryan Reynolds is like the, 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 the perfect fit for Deadpool. Oh yeah. I feel like that also paved the way too. I know that, um, I mean, I, I hadn't thought about Deadpool until, you know, it, you know, I, I mean, of course, Deadpool is such a big, you know, definitely a, a, a good adaptation that they finally made, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever, if you've seen the boys, you know, the show, I, the, I, show I have not Amazon. seen the boys yet. I, I, that is one I admit to be slacking on, but you might have given me a great reminder. Yeah, it's 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 I don't think it's either Marvel or DC. I think it's I, I think it's standalone comic book. 
Yeah, it's, it's definitely like a, its own independent thing. Um, but the boys definitely, I feel like, like it kind of, it reminds me of Deadpool in a way. It's definitely a lot more of a, you know, a ser- not so much serious. It's definitely, there's a lot of comedy, but it definitely has that R rating, like level, like mature audiences only mm-hmm. type thing too. I feel like the boys, and plus it does that with not just one superhero. It does it with like, you know, the whole like you know they take they take the archetypes of the justice league essentially and then you know turn them into you'd have to i have to you know let you watch it to find out but it's Mm -hmm. it's an interesting take on superheroes and what they use their power for so yeah i definitely recommend that (laughs) obviously we we the the theme we've talked about with this is the comic movies is what is life like if superheroes are real but that really is like at least what I've heard and seen, like what if just the most random person actually could have their powers like that? Again, I haven't seen the boys, but that's just the vibe I'm getting or I've been reading. Right. So it's interesting. By the way, they were originally published by Wildstorm, which was a, uh, you know, they were all, they were, I believe their parent, they were, their parent company was DC and um, they're published by Dynamite Entertainment. So one of the newer ones you know they do like zorro dracula like terminator robocop so yeah um pretty pretty great stuff so um cool other things regarding the comic movies is um um excuse me like some of the other archetypes and things here is there any other movies left that we still need to see as a comic book adaption that you personally are excited for whether it's uh the rock he's coming back he is going to be debuting this uh, uh excuse me man who the rocks the rocks new movie the rocks next how black adam I black think. adam yes yeah. black adam is he coming uh we've seen shazam you know not a lot of people familiar with that is zach braff brought that to life is there any what other comic book movies we're missing that uh still need that big adaption that you're aware um, of at least well um one of the things i mean in terms of in terms of of characters i can't really think too many right now i can give you like a couple like i have to say because i was talking about this before um it's just because to me i have talked about this on my podcast at one point where i feel like the whole concept of the multiverse is definitely a pretty big deal because to me anyway um i feel like everything we've had so far in terms of superhero movies is definitely the the golden age of, of superhero movies. I think that now with the multiverse concept, it's going to be really cool because now we're entering this. I mean, I feel like to me, it's a new age in that sense, because, you know, there's two movies coming out next year, the next Dr. Strange mm-hmm. and the flash movie. Um, Dr. Strange is definitely going to open the doors to a lot of stuff. I, I feel like it'll probably make a lot of things that came before the MCU it might make them canon, which would be interesting to see to kind of bring those worlds back, right? Um, but who knows what's going to happen with that? We don't really know exactly. Um, in The Flash, I mean, I've been watching the show. It's on season seven now. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, I've only seen this one adaptation of the character. But I feel like 
a movie, which is to me, like I've told you, like I told you in the beginning, it's a very succinct and like, you know, confined story. It's going to be nice to see, you know, and it, the flash movie has been through so many like directors, writers, and I'm, I'm yeah. hoping it's going to be good. Um, but at the same time, I really want to see the heart of that character while at the same time expanding the, you know, DC's, you know, cinematic universe into a, into a multiverse, because then we can see, you know, different characters interacting with each other. And, you know, I feel like in the, in the terms of a sci-fi, you know, concept, that's exciting. But as for characters, I'm kind of stumped right now. I feel like, um, I feel like the, they're, they're setting up the young Avengers for Marvel, I believe. Um, so seeing kids with superpowers will be to me, it, it, you know, we've had the age of, of stranger things. And I feel like stranger yeah. things has been, I mean, I just made me think of that. Uh, it's in, and this, it's still going. I mean, I'm excited for season four of stranger things. I don't know when it's coming out, but I know they've been working on it. Um, but to kind of see that realm of, you know, how this one girl gets superpowers, like she's experimented on in the lab, you know, we're going to see that kind of come into full effect once the young Avengers comes out and see how these kids, you know, kind of coalesce with each other and, you know, mature with these powers at such a young age, because I feel like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know, you know, it's Shazam is another they're a good example. I mean, Shazam was an interesting way of showing what a kid would do with superpowers. But, you know, I'm hoping the Young Avengers kind of shows different levels of that, too, because, I mean, when you're a kid, you're you're a kid like, you know, you don't have the all, all the responsibilities of an adult and you have that childlike mindset. And I feel like that concept is is pretty cool to me. I mean, me personally, I as of right now, I'm working as a um, a building substitute at my at a local elementary school. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of like <laughs> just see how um, how a lot of these kids like act and how they behave and like, you know, everybody coming from all different walks and how they just love being a kid. It's just, it, it's awesome. And, and that that's an intriguing concept to me to see how yeah. such like a fantastical thing is when, you know, that's when kids are in their prime of the, of the fantasy and the sci-fi. And I feel like it'll be cool to see how like the young Avengers navigate their superpowers. So if any, I feel like Marvel's probably most anticipated for Marvel. I'm hoping to see, you know, that new realm of superheroes kind of come into play too. So I'm excited. And it's nice to find, to switch it up as well, to get some new characters in there on top of uh, what we have already. So I'm excited too. And you know, if, if anything, it'd be cool to see the teen Titans brought to life if possible. Yes, I agree. I, um, i actually, it was funny when I was, um, I think it was when I was in high school over the summer, a lot, I was thinking about how, you know, I, I would often like, because it was intriguing concept to me, uh, like side characters and characters that are more of like sidekicks and, you know, you know, like, you know, how Robin's, you know, Batman sidekick. Mm -hmm. I honestly, I, I wanted to explore the idea of what it would be like to make a movie surrounding at least one of the Robins. Um, I yeah. kind of tried to always like map out a good story that could play out on screen with when it came to, you know, the Robins, because that was such an intriguing concept to me, like, you know, such a young person being being thrust into this world. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, those characters coming to life, you know, especially, you know, hopefully seeing as Teen Titans would be would be also be pretty amazing. So I do hope they eventually 
turn that into a film as well. I haven't been watching the show so too much. It's I know it's on HBO Max, but yeah. I've heard good things. So, yeah, I've had seen the new incarnation of it, but just the classic seeing Cyborg and Robin like that it brings you back. And yeah. one thing I definitely want to hear with you, the Snyder Cut, Mike, even though yes. uh, I know big Marvel fan, but we have given a fair share to uh, both DC Marvel and other independent people, um, publishers like dynamite, but Snyder cut, obviously extremely anticipated well over a couple of years. We know, unfortunately the mess between Warner brothers and Snyder and then Josh Whedon come in and, and justice league. I think the big thing with justice league, it wasn't necessarily bad, but with all you had going for you, almost given house money, you gave an average movie with your big budget and stuff. And that's not what we want. But now we've seen right. the Snyder Cut. We've seen a huge, obviously, a lot of post-production changing things, whether it's the revamped Flash, as you mentioned, revamped Cyborg, people going as far as being redeemed. And, you know, one of the big surprises in general in the DCU was Ben Affleck actually being not so bad as Batman and Bruce Wayne. And he had a great performance of the Snyder Cut as well. But tell me, how did you feel about the Snyder Cut? And did you watch it as the full four-hour movie? I mean, as much as I love movies, it really is hard to get a four-hour movie in there. Or did you watch it in the, like I did, in the five different parts? So the thing is, for me, I... I was ready to, you know, talk about it as soon as possible. I really want to get a jump on watching it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy myself watching, sharing the experience with like friends and family too. Right. Um, but I know that my, my, I, at the end of the day, it's definitely one of those movies that with more, you know, general audiences like to watch it, you know, watch it in parts. And, and so, so do, you know, comic book fans too. They, I'm sure they want to like pace themselves throughout the film. And I, I dig the part separation for sure. Totally. Um, yeah. I do believe that the first hour and 50 minutes of the movie <laughs> is definitely like, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Like it's very, it's so much style. There's a lot of slow-mo. There's a lot of like emphasis on the setup for an hour and 50 minutes. And like, that's like, was beyond length around or like beyond it's kind of in the realm of never. it's that's to me, it was, it was good to see that. But at the same time, it was like, you could have probably cut back on that a little bit. In I my, in my There's opinion. a good half an but hour. Once you hit, you didn't need. Exactly. And to me, when you hit an hour and 50, when you get to part four, I believe it's titled Change Machine. Mm -hmm. That's when you see the league coming together. That's when you, you know, even after that, there's some, you know, exposition that you get that like, you know, it was touched upon previously in that hour and 50 minute chunk. But like, you know, your wife, you watch it from an hour and 50, not that I'm saying I recommend it because I haven't actually like checked back and said, oh, okay would this be relevant to just kind of skip past whatever happened in the first hour and 50, <laughs> but definitely once you hit an hour and 50, things start picking up and it gets insane. I, yeah. I, I love the, the, where the story went. Um, I, I like how, you know, Superman coming, well, I don't want to spoil it too much. I mean, the movies, the original cuts been out for <laughs> what, like yeah. four years now. So one thing we um, make clear is spoiler alerts all the time. When we talk pop culture here, so you could say it if you right. want, um, 
But yeah, like I know what you mean. It's it's it was another big crescendo to see, you know, altered battle. Like you said, Superman came back, but I think even in a more epic way after we lost him in Batman vs Superman. But, you know, like I said, this was a great highlight and so much character development, I think, was the ultimate takeaway from this, including a much right. more paced story. And exactly. I'm always down to watch the movie had the director wanted to intend you to watch it, but it's just right. four hours is a lot for it for anyone. And I've, I've a lot of filmmakers who make these epic three hour epics. I understand that there was appropriate for a time, but when you see like hate, Quinta Tarantino's hateful hate and you see there's literally, I swear there's a two minute scene. Two minutes is a long time. If you just sit and do nothing and you see the carriage right. walk around in the snow and it's, it's, it's hilarious when you put funny music to it, but you could just cut stuff like that. Or like Scorsese's Irishman. Have you seen that? And we've seen the climactic scene of De Niro killing Val Pacino. You see his exact, his full, his full, um, you see his full journey to get there from the airplane to parking. being say, right. It's just always fascinates me. I understand filmmakers have a specific vision that always is needs to be respected, except Michael Bay. But um, <laughs> it's just it's just always fascinating how things come together yeah. in editing. Pro- and that's just the importance of editing. That's all editing right there. Exactly. And to me, like, I honestly thought that too, like, like uh, for me anyway, like if I started watching it, like the hour and 50 minutes in parts four through six and, and like, well, four through the epilogue, like, I feel like I would be comfortable enough given the fact that I've seen, you know, the original cut as terrible as it, you know, as not, not, you know, as not as welcoming as it, as right. it was. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed the, like the last, like the remainder of the movie. I really like how when they resurrected Superman, there's a whole nother level to the story that you see play out. And that happens through cyborg that I kind of, my personally don't want to spoil. Um, mm-hmm. That's but fine. seeing it, you know, what, what cyborg, like what happens with cyborg and like, and how like the ships like telling him don't resurrect Superman. And you find out, you know, why that is. And it's such it's a, another moral me, story. it kind of threw me. Yeah, exactly. I, it threw me out of the loop because when I was watching it, I was like, what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you know which scene I'm talking about. Yeah, I but, know what you mean. Um, I personally know yeah, where you, you kind of get taken out. Yeah, if you get taken out, you're taken out of the movie and you kind of like you, you see what's happening. It's like, what's going on? And then mm-hmm. then you kind of see what's going on. But in and, and the sucky part is, is that. Um, I mean, of course, I, 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 I'm not sure if we'll end up seeing the rest of this story, um, but it's kind of nice to think about the possibility of what happens beyond this movie, because this movie definitely leaves you on a cliffhanger. And, yeah. and just the excitement of world building is, is super cool. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, even though the Snyder Cut is definitely very long and very, you know, presumptuous in terms of like where direct what direction it could go in um it's it was just a nice like you know to me i i do compare it to avengers and i and and like the very first avengers because Mm -hmm. it really does set things up pretty well for you know the universe and the characters in it so right absolutely dude i hear you and it's 
I will say if they could take anything out, let's take out Jared Leto's Joker. I clearly, I think it yeah. clearly doesn't work. He was just more of a parody of the guy again and just being mm-hmm. so silly. Yeah, I just think it's silly. That's the perfect way I would say. While you have, you know, whether it's Joaquin Phoenix's Joker about standing up for mental illness or seeing how people crazy people can be with the Jack Nicholson Joker or people right. just having no morals whatsoever. And Heath Ledger is one of my favorite mo- lines in a movie is I don't kill you. I don't kill you because you're just too darn fun to show when he's just yeah. that bad shit crazy. And, um, and Jared Leto's Joker, whether Suicide Squad or this, he cannot blame. Oh, we know Suicide Squad. It was bad because they took most of my scenes out. I think, no, it's just, you just don't got it. My opinion. Yeah. So I understand. So this, the other Mount Rushmore I wanted to focus on is your personal Mount Rushmore of Marvel. It was really going to be movies, but just in case you liked this was on your list to whether with Lana vision or winter soldier, what would you say is your Mount Rushmore of Marvel movies, or I should say Marvel productions. I'm going to, can, can you just like, wait, what I got to, my dog is barking. I got to let out my dog. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. Is that cool? All right. Yeah. I'll put it on pause Sorry. real quick. We'll be right back. Yeah. So Mike, talk to me. What's your yes. Mount Rushmore of Marvel productions? Oh, okay. Um, Let's see. I come to Marvel productions. I definitely am going to put some sort of. Oof, I definitely have the Spider-Man movie in there, and I think which Spider-Man that's definitely movie? where I'm. That's in start. the original Tobey Maguire. Um. Well, I have to say the original Tobey Maguire really. Um. Yeah, the original, like the original Spider-Man, definitely is the movie that got me into into like Marvel and superheroes as a whole. Um, so I definitely want to put that on my list. I definitely do think Spider-Man 2 definitely ups the, you know, ups the level of that character. And that's as it should, as a sequel, it definitely evolves the character a lot more. And I do really like Spider-Verse as well, because it really brings into the fray that, you know, one of the newer versions of Spider-Man, Miles Morales. But I have to definitely put, you know, the first 2002 Spider-Man because that that movie like mm-hmm. is really what pulled me into superhero movies. Um, I do think that another Marvel movie that I really, really liked um, was Avengers 2012's Avengers, because it really kind of tied everything in a nice bow in terms of what, you know, what this, what the universe, the, you know, the universe building um, is really setting up. And I think that it kind of, to me, you know, I, ever since the movie came out, you know, and ever since I studied film, I've done a lot of research and it, it kind of harkens back to the monster movies where they used to like kind of put two monsters together in one movie. Yeah. And like, cause you have your setup and with whether it's Frankenstein or Dracula and you have like a setup where, Oh, now they're together in a movie. It's like, it's, it's that kind of like, you know, universality of it when you get to bring in, two characters that were once in their own stories and now come together in one. And and that happened in the comics too. But again, media is evolving. The medium is evolving and, and, and it's kind of cool to see, you know, that come to life in, in that Avengers movie in the first Avengers movie in 2012. Um, What's another Marvel film that I really, really like. Oh, this is so hard for me. Two more for you. I know. Um, 
I have to say that if there's any movie that really like I'm I'm like really torn on because I really like I'm torn between these two right now. Um, I thought like I'm, I'm dabbling between a lot in my head right now. Um, you're good. You're good. I really th- I think Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy are probably yeah. my other two because Iron Man and I mean. Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy were both two two characters or teams of characters that were very, like, they weren't as popular with most audiences. You know, you got Spider-Man, you have, you know, the the X-Men that we've been introduced to. But, you know, Iron Man was definitely popular amongst comic book readers, but not, I would think that a lot, not a lot of general audience members would know about Iron Man. And I think, and the same with Guardians the galaxy but both of those movies brought those characters into mm-hmm. you know onto the big screen in big ways and i feel like they both i mean you've seen over the last decade they've become fan favorites for everybody so absolutely i have to say that when it comes to characters and teams um first spider-man first iron man first guardians and first avengers so those yeah. are my four that's an awesome list. <laughs> so for me, I would have to go with the first Iron Man because it started it all. You an amazing character development story, seeing how Tony Stark accepts his new role, you know, becoming a media mogul and seeing how that affects <laughs> the morals and changing things now with an opportunity like that. Also, Jeff Bridges, underrated yeah. villain in that. I would have to say, uh, I would have to say Deadpool again, just being such a big comedy nerd and successfully crossing the genres together in an entertaining uh, 100 minute movie. I believe Civil War is actually very, very significant because of how much emotion that brought. That was a real conflicts was brought in together in the group and then just seeing that epic battle first time you see tom holland spider-man for the first time in the um, airfield i think that's really and then the epic battle between captain america and iron man is is phenomenal to watch even if it's sometimes tough and then i would honestly add to you spider-man that was one of my biggest shaping childhood not only for comic movies but movies in general just yeah. love see the new york city setting but now that i've been commuting and look you could tell it was definitely shot in like vancouver or something not that there's anything wrong yeah there, but uh, i just think that was cool with my dad my dad big comic book fan too he actually has the original an original copy of uh when Gwen stacy shot when king gama killed Gwen stacy now i yeah probably like five hundred dollars if he kept it now but if he kept it in better condition it's probably like five grand i would think it's probably like yeah for five hundred dollars off the top of my head um yeah so it was nice just bring us together and a cool memory and so that's my four so spider-man deadpool iron man and civil war particularly yeah i thought personally civil war and infinity war were both like as follow-ups to the first avengers movie age of ultron was eh, was okay mm-hmm. but i think that civil war and infinity war are two very awesome event films that that really kind of like kind of expand the universe even more you know and then yes. infinity war it, it ended on such high stakes like oh my gosh like 
everybody, you know, half the universe, it's like they're, 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 you know, they're gone. So it, it's kind of, it's crazy that Marvel, you know, both pitted our heroes against each other in civil war and made at the end of infinity war, our heroes lost. It's like two concepts that, you know, you wouldn't really think of too much because it's yeah. like the heroes are always going to win and they're never going to fight. But it showed both of those movies showed that stuff. You know, it kind of flipped everything on its head. I, I really like those two as well. If I could etch those two on the side, I definitely would. <laughs> right. And it just yeah. shows, too, that it's just a very humanist movie. As you said, people oh, have yeah. conflict, especially work for a long time and taking those risks made the ultimate rewards. As I said, that big snap yeah. is it going to be an iconic scene with, with uh, all the greats. I really believe that I'm starting to yeah. already. So one thing I do want to ask another thing, yeah. Mr. Gumad is, have you been paying attention to the, with the Oscars being released? Have you been paying attention to, uh, the Oscar picks, have you watched a lot of the nominated movies and such for this award season? Now it's much easier if you have all the streaming services to see. Um, you can see every best picture except two of them right now in a streaming service. So you've been uh, keeping up with the race and stuff? Not as of late. No, not myself. I've I've been like very much lost in, you know, a lot of the Marvel stuff, which definitely is not, you know, it's keeping me at a little bit of a narrow mindset, but I'm also, there's a lot of things I've been doing recently with my kind of like focusing on my career path. I'm like dabbling between, you know, coming, becoming a teacher and also moving out to California. So I saw that. You're, sure. So you're moving to Los Angeles. It's amazing, man. How are you, how, yeah. you excited? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I mean, I'm, I'm taking, I am taking a one-way flight out there. I'm not necessarily driving and packing up so soon. Um, I definitely want to get, you know, I, I, my uncle's out there, so I'm going to be staying with him and just trying to see, you know, what I can accomplish while I'm there. I'm trying to stay the summer there, maybe, maybe longer. Um, and yeah, so I really want to try to get my foot in the door when, when I'm there and try to, you know, try to make something happen, you know? So Dude, that's incredible. That's you kind of in my, support. my brain's been rattled. Sorry. What'd you say? You got my support with that. And yeah, I'm sure Thank once, you. <laughs> once you get to the beautiful land of Los Angeles, that makes things calmer. Obviously I know you'll find your footing and get that opportunity, but I think it's really cool. You're making the attempt and you don't have to have that. What if factor. And I think you will be surprising exactly. so many people with this big move and where it takes you, man. So please keep a touch for sure. Yeah, for sure. That. Thanks. And, uh, but have there any other recent movies, whether it's Oscars or not, that hasn't been mentioned yet that uh, caught your eye? Like me, I love the sound of music, Amazon Prime. I think I couldn't suggest that movie enough, especially real cinephiles, because if you're not familiar with it, it's a movie about a, a rock drummer who goes deaf, played by Riz Ahmed, nominated for an Oscar, yeah. six Oscar nominations. And the sound design is a game changer. You really record i'm not a deaf person but assuming what i've been told you really are put in the world what a deaf person experience especially someone who's gradually becomes deaf and i think that you know it is an emotional movie to watch but it's just so authentic and real so i can't suggest that movie more enough yeah 
Well, that's the thing. Like me personally, I haven't really like, I've, I've definitely heard of a lot of, you know, I've heard of that one. I definitely want to check mm-hmm. that one out. I really like um, Riz Ahmed. I, I think that too, because I saw him in Nightcrawler. I thought he was mad good in that movie too. Nightcrawler. And Venom. <laughs> Yo, so. Nightcrawler, the ultimate screw over from Jake Gyllenhaal's character. <laughs> yeah. We know no, honestly. <laughs> yeah a freaking i and i also like there, but that's the thing like when i watch movies like that i'm i'm i kind of get you know brought into you know instead of being very much invested in the comic book movies and which i which i you know love dearly i mean i do have i mean i i definitely need to set some time aside and, and maybe if i'm on again i can definitely talk to you more about movies like that that are definitely you know that have been really recognized well by in terms of like Oscar noms and stuff like that. I I really definitely want to check a lot of those movies out. Absolutely. My, we've been talking for 70 minutes. (laughs) Clearly got something here. So no, in all seriousness, I would love to discuss that. If you want, I'm trying to do an Oscar show and um, Mm -hmm. I'd like to do an Oscar preview show. The, The ceremony is, a week from Sunday, a month from Sunday, the 26th. If you have the time, if you want to watch most of the best pictures by time, um, I'm planning to record the show a month from tomorrow or from month from yesterday. If you would like to be, help me sort out these Oscar picks. And if you want to fill a pool out like March madness, I would love to do that. If you're, if you're interested to be uh, my Oscar guy in this. That would be awesome. Yeah, I definitely got to definitely gotta check out those those films for sure. So I definitely would like to be back on for that. Definitely. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, as a month for as we record this and um, yeah, man, I'll, I'll be in touch with it, please. As long as you if, if you could get at least the best pictures and which are if you haven't seen already, the best picture noms include. Um, excuse me. Sorry, the 93rd Oscars. So if you see them, if you could catch them, the father, you will have to get that from a strip. Um, you will have to rent that, but only for $6.99. So not bad at all. Judas and the Black Messiah, you could catch on HBO Max. Mank is yes. a Netflix movie. Um, Minari is another one you'd have to rent, but only $6. Nomad Lands on Hulu. Promising Young Woman was on HBO Max, but then you have to, again, rent it. I think that's another rent. So only three of those rent. Sound of Metal on Prime and Trial Chicago 7, another um, Netflix one. Netflix one. So if you can, yeah. if you could do me a favor and check those eight out, and some are shorter than others. No, I think no movies past two hours, 15 minutes. So you could bang those out. If you could bang those out within the month, I would love to uh, d- discuss the Oscars with you. I'm always up for a good movie rec, so I'm definitely going to check those out for sure. Oh, appreciate it, man. I, I can't wait to go over those. Really looking forward to it. So, yeah, and if you want to throw right. any other great uh, movies p- for this Oscar season, which includes stuff like, you know, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom with the with Chadwick Boseman's final role, rest in peace. He's got a post-humorous Oscar nomination. Uh, and there's also Violet Davis in there. United States versus Billie Holiday, even though I think that movie sucks, but Andrea Day really was really good in it. But that's a Hulu movie. Uh, you know, it's a uh, another Oscar-nominated movie is uh, Borat's Two, so it's a great movie film. But it won the 
uh, WGA adapted screenplay, which it might have some, it might be having a lot of momentum winning an Oscar. Can you believe Borat? An Oscar winning movie? <laughs> yeah, no. This is the I never f- would have thought. This is the first movie since The Godfather um, 1 and 2. Remember, Godfather, best movie ever. Poster behind me. Yeah, um, <laughs> I saw it, yeah. This is the first movie since The Godfather that a movie in sequel got nominated for writing awards. Godfather and Borat. Where they right, like, were, so since then it has no, no other movie has that's no crazy. other two movie, uh, first movie and sequel never got consecutive, oh, okay. they didn't have consecutive Oscar nominations for writing. Got so it, that's how you know. But yeah, if, let's uh check those out. I still have to catch yeah. three of those movies and then we'll uh go crazy. Awesome, awesome, man, awesome. It. So <laughs> I am really looking forward to Mike. Now there's one last thing you have to do before we say goodbye as this is going to be now another hour and a half one. So this was a great show and thank you for it. I hope you've been having as much fun as I have. Definitely. So I end everything with the props questionnaire, which is from inside the actor studio, the classic James Lipton asked 10 deep short, but deep questions. And I'd love to ask you them. So are you ready for the Prowse questionnaire, Mike? Totally. Oh, yes. And if you're a big podcast fan, those they're great. Um, they're not on a podcast, but to, if you want to listen to them on YouTube. But another great podcast, if you haven't listened, especially if you want to learn about filmmakers and actors, what the fuck was Mark Marin? Uh, I mean, that guy has interviewed every relevant, almost every relevant person in Hollywood in the last 50 years there's still some you you hope he gets but he's just it's crazy he who his guest list you name him they were like likely on it and he's on the wall so nice he's up (laughs) anyways props questionnaire mike my first question is what's your favorite word oh gosh (laughs) that's probably my favorite word gosh (laughs) i don't know i'm trying to think i don't know (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. We're going to go with gosh. Love it. <laughs> so, uh, number two, what is your least favorite word? No. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be a, a yes no, that really, man sometimes. <laughs> it, that is Not to everything, word. but. Of yeah. course. Yes. <laughs> My, uh, I know exactly what you mean. My third question for you is what turns you on in this world? And this is not necessarily a sexual question. Though some people, <laughs> there have been two instances of people saying that, um, whatever rocks your boat. But what is your, what turns you on in this world? Some people say laughter or nature. Or what gives you fulfillment? Thrill. I'm going to say thrill. All right. Now that's a good yeah. answer. And what turns you <laughs> off in this world? Boredom. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Definitely boredom. Indeed. What sound or noise do you love? I I, I think ooh. Probably like oh um, man. I you know the sound of a doorbell. That sounds weird, but it's like something new is on like I don't know, something new is on the horizon, someone coming through the door. I don't know. I think a doorbell is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a first and then low key you know sometimes the door uh, as long as it's not in a inconvenient time maybe the doorbell needs to get some more love so right what, with that what sound or noise do you hate mm. 
maybe like the sound of someone like yelling. I don't know. I don't, I don't like, like, like not in a band, like in the worst way possible. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, it's hard to describe like, Oh, this is such like an on the spot thing. <laughs> I can't That's really exactly think of one, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I guess the sound of like any, I feel like it's very general to say anything negative, like any negative sound, but like, I don't know, I guess yelling is, is very like, it, it, it's fearful, I guess. And I don't, I don't like, like negativity, I guess. So no one likes to be yelled at at the end of the day. Yeah. So I hear you. What's your favorite curse word? Oh, <laughs> I probably fuck most likely <laughs> fuck. Oh yes. Popular answer. You know, I'm soon going to be making a compilation video. People, every first appearance, people answer these questions. And uh, yeah. when I have that one, what's your favorite curse word? Fuck, 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 fuck. Very popular one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number eight is what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Besides, well, besides being an up and coming filmmaker, of course. Right. So like I was saying before, I have dabbled in um, I've, I've been a substitute teacher. I worked in an office for a little while, um, but I actually most recently have considered real estate. So that's something I'm curious about. All right. Yeah, I think you'd be awesome at selling commercial or residential real estate. <laughs> what profession would you not like to try? Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, personally, I'm not a huge fan of like, I mean, in certain senses, yes, but in other senses, like for me, anything that has to do with operating like a very large vehicle, because mm -hmm. I'm not very good, like driving is always for me has always been like a... I don't know, weird thing. Like if it's a small, like pretty compact vehicle, I'm good. Anything like super large, like whether it's like a huge truck, it's like that freaks me trailer. out because it's a yeah. lot to handle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that would freak me out. I'm just like not good with, with I, I'm very certain circumstances do I like, you know, when it comes driving in general, but, right. um, but like big, huge vehicles, like that freaks me out because it's so, it's such so much more of like a, a worry on the road, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think you make sense. And truck driving is an underrated job. It deserves more credit. And we thank those truck drivers, especially during this pandemic. Yeah, especially. Definitely. My final question for today, Mike, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh gosh. Oh man. Um, oof. I guess, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just going to go with, with welcome because I mean, that's the most generic thing, but like, it's almost like a good thing to hear that and be like, okay, there's something new on the horizon. That's pretty right. cool. I wouldn't have thought about that. So I guess welcome. I don't know. It's a fair, fair answer. You know, you're not guaranteed to get it to heaven either. So Right. <laughs> Those are fulfilled doing the right life. So Mike, exactly. Is there anything else you have to, you want to say before we bid you fair do for now? 
No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we got to talk and, and, you know, you got my gears turning a little bit for a lot of things. And, you know, I feel like that's a big part of everyone's evolution. I feel like, you know, it's nice to have that dialogue and that, you know, that conversation, productive conversations mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to kind of like, exactly to, to kind of, you know, get the gears turning and, and, you know, kind of evolve, you know, evolve ourselves and evolve each other. I feel like that, that I, I love, you know, having that dialogue, especially with, you know, people that, you know, I haven't really talked to all that much. Like you and I have, you know, seen each other in passing and, and talked on occasion, but it's, it's nice to have that full hour and a half and, and more to come, uh, to kind of like get to know each other better. And it's, it's always fun and it's always a good time. So thank you for having me. That means a lot to me, Mike, and it's nothing but a pleasure to have you on. And I appreciate your vibes, your energy and bringing in the noise. Thank you for it. And I'm in your corner for sure, man. I really am. So I can't wait to do this again. And I've, and I said, if you could get, if you could want it by the fourth week of April, which is, I'd like to record that in, in the uh, either Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. So, yeah. and then we'll get the, just get those movies and we'll go nerd out and we'll pick out the winners and then it'll uh, give us jobs as uh, we'll do the picks for movies, like how they do the sports picks. So <laughs> exactly. But you're the man, Mike. Don't forget to check out the amazing Marvel podcast and check out Mike's amazing views on comic book culture, pop culture, and more on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. Mike, it's been nothing but a pleasure, and I can't wait to do this again very, very soon. Same here, man. Thank you. How about that? Mike Gumad, the amazing Marvel podcast again. Don't forget to check him out on all podcasting platforms and... He's such a bright young man. Can't wait to continue to talk to him about other things, movies and TV. And besides that, I can't wait to see what he does in his future. Great man right there. Real great man. Just a reminder, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And also, don't forget to check us out and check out everything Productive Conversations on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com and check out all exclusive content that we have to offer on that site from every single podcast, every single video podcast, all the blogs I've written, guest profiles, and you can check out my blogs and you can check out our merchandise store. Thanks to our friends at Zazzle to get all things Productive Conversations. Everything about this great show is on that website and I encourage you to check it out and enjoy it. Again, that's ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. Don't forget to check us out in the world of social media as well. You can check us out on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, TikTok at Productive Conversations, and on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. Back here on Thursday to talk about wrestling, all things wrestling this Thursday. And why is that? Well, WrestleMania 37 was over this weekend, and it was fucking incredible. Action-packed, lots of shocks, lots of emotions, lots of fun. And we have Ryan Page, host of the Tweet Cat, coming back to talk wrestling. AJ the Man, a.k.a. Anthony Fernandez, is returning to talk wrestling. And we also have D-Ron Davis, who was on last week, to join us and talk about the epic weekend that we we're so blessed to witness in sports entertainment. A WrestleMania 37 reaction show is this. 
Thursday. You do not want to miss it. And I just want to thank my guest, Mike Gumad, for an amazing appearance and showing off why he is so great at what he does. And that's knowing everything about comic books, comic book culture, and comic book movies. Again, don't forget to check out his show out, The Amazing Marvel Podcast, on all podcasting platforms. And don't forget to check us back on Thursday where we have Ryan Page, Anthony Fernandez, and D-Ron Davis coming back to talk about WrestleMania. And again, my friends, you... I want to thank you, the greatest listeners and fans in the world, for tuning in every single week and help make this show and helping make this show possible. Words cannot describe my appreciation, and I love each and every single one of you. Thank you for tuning in. With all of that, my name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast, and I will see you this Thursday. Have a great beginning of your week. Make us proud. I know you will. So long, everybody. See you in a few days. Peace.